ESPN LA Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, Andy, we, it's like news. We've got actual news to cover for the Lakers. Thursday, uh, August week. 24th. Mark, yes. mark that as the day. Things actually happen for the Lakers. Um, and it's, it's somewhat scary news. It's probably not. It's tampering, Andy. Mm-hmm. We always complain, Andy, that Mitch Kupchak was the last honest general manager in in uh in the nba and he wouldn't tamper yeah i remember ramona shelburne had a big piece about you know sort of the state of the lakers after uh mitch and jim were blown out and one of the complaints internally within the front office or sort of i I guess the perception of the laker front office was basically they don't engage in the same shenanigans that the rest of the league does if you ain't cheating you ain't trying apparently they weren't trying (laughs) that's all i'm saying and so the new guys are definitely are definitely trying, and it, so the Indiana Pacers. By now, most people know the story. Indiana Pacers have fi- filed a little while ago. I guess it just only came out in the last week or so. A formal complaint to the league against the Lakers. It is being investigated by a very impressive sounding law firm, um, and they are it's Robert Mueller. It is <laughs> it's being pulled off the Russia thing, and so well, this is much more important. It is. <laughs> this is. I mean, this is about something that matters. I mean, you know, whether or not the Lakers can get Paul George moving forward. I mean, it's. Let's be honest. I mean, it's. Let's be honest. We, Andy, he's probably not going to get impeached. He's going to be here for four years, or whatever. <laughs> Summer of 2018 is rolling up. Well, and also, too. Pick, I mean, look. It, am I saying that it's acceptable or admirable to potentially conspire with a foreign adversary to. You know, sway an election? No, but it's still not as important it's, it's as this. Not gonna, it's not going to determine whether or not our guys are going to win. A exactly. Title next I mean, year. look, I mean, if Paul George in here, LeBron may not be here. We've suffered through the rebuilding process. Yes. longer than we've suffered through this administration. That's true. So it's true. Let's take the care of things in steps. So people know about what's going on. Um, the Pacers have filed a formal complaint, and it, it, it is somewhat. Kind of just spiteful. I mean, Indiana's not going to get anything out of this other than to uh, put the Lakers kind of in their place. And the small market teams are all with them, and it's a very rah-rah thing. Chances of this being um, actually proven are virtually zero. Yeah, these, these tampering cases, generally speaking, unless you were not – unless you were dumb enough, I guess, to leave an obvious paper or digital trail, and I guess – I guess what could make Magic's some Lakers. I was I was just about to say what could make Laker fans very nervous is we don't actually know yet how good Magic and Plinka are at tampering. Like there there's no evidence. Like, no, that's true. Like Pat Riley, for example, we know is amazing at it. We know Pat Riley can tamper with the best of them. We don't know yet. <laughs> What Magic and Blink are capable and, of doing and so successfully, right? And so there, there are really two questions here. For, because l- the last time this was a, f- a big thing was Joe Smith in, in 2000, and the league dropped the hammer on the Timberwolves. Cost them f- the money was incidental, but cost them five first round picks. Um, it's it, it's not that I'm worried about that happening here, but if it did, like the potential impact. Under the sort of nuclear scenario here, and the league would crack down hard on the Lakers if there were if there were some sort of you know video of Magic and Paul George house hunting while sticking pins in a Herb Simon doll or something like that would cost them. I have two questions. The first one is this: Do you think, in letter of the law terms, 
the Lakers have tampered when it comes to Paul George. Yes. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the same way that all 29 other teams, including the Indiana Pacers, have engaged in tampering. Yes. They 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 all do this. They all engage in back back channels. Yes. The back channels. You know, it depends. I I would be very curious, and I'm sure this is what the uh, Robert Mueller and the gang are investigating right now, is the degree to which they did this. You know, like, for example, the Pacers apparently think that the Lakers were in contact with Paul George's parents. Right, which is how you do it. Apparently, that's how you do it in L.A. Like, you go back to the Reggie Bush thing. Like, you just get in touch with people's moms and dads and, and like, you do it if, that way. if that's something that the Lakers did, that is engaging in, as my understanding of how the tampering game works, that's really towing yourself up to the edge. Like, that's oh, where... No, th- look, if, if Magic is... is Rolling up with with Mr. and Mrs. George and getting all sweet with them and whatever and and using them as some sort of intermediary. First of all, it's dumb. Everybody knows the Lakers want this. Okay, so this gets my second question because I think well, it's also worth noting too. I mean, you know, the the Jimmy Kimmel perform. I mean, the Jimmy Kimmel appearance with Magic and the wink, wink. You know, which was both both a joke but also a knowing joke and something that the Pacers did not find funny at all. It's not the, center- should they? Right. It's not the centerpiece of this investigation. But it's part, it is, it's part of what got Indiana but going. But what people also forget about, I, I had forgotten until this tampering thing uh, came up, is that Paul George was also on Kimmel mm-hmm. himself. And Jimmy Kimmel was playing up the whole, you're going to be a right, Laker, you're exactly. going to be a Laker. And Paul George didn't really downplay. You know, he said he loved Indiana. But he didn't really do anything to dispel this. And from Indiana's perspective, it's annoying. But if you're paranoid or maybe even right about, you know, tampering that goes beyond, you know, what we just look the other way from in the, the NBA. The normal stuff that it, it's very similar this, to the arrangement that Nick and Iggy had. Right. Don't, don't make me look stupid. Paul George's appearance on Kimmel might feel to you like a tacit admission of what's going on. Sure. Look. All of these, the, the magic thing on Kimmel was sort of harmless, broadly, but also stupid. Yes, it was. Shouldn't have done it. Yes, it was. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Lakers get fined, and they, you know, they probably will for that. And they probably, probably should. should. Yeah. So we can. Everyone agrees that tampering is a thing that happens. Yes. In one form or another, the players collude all the time. That's different. This, though, my question here: Should it matter? Tom Zilla wrote an interesting thing for SB Nation where basically his his position was no, because everyone knows Paul George is going to be a free agent. Everyone knows Paul George is interested in coming back home. Everyone knows the Lakers would be interested in George because they're interested in all these guys, and they've cleared the decks in 2018 specifically for this reason. So if the Lakers are kind of doing some recruiting for a guy that they know wants to come anyway and all these other things, do, and does it matter? Should it matter? His position was essentially no. I don't agree. I, I feel like yes and no. Like no in the sense that what Zilla laid out, what you just described. I mean, we're all adults here. Everybody knows that this is happening. And, you know, for the time being, players are apparently allowed to just openly talk about they're not, recruiting other players. I don't think they're supposed to. But, yeah, but, but, but they do. Yes, but I they mean, are, but they're allowed. Players talk on the record about how, you know, during the All-Star break, I'm going to be recruiting this guy who's under contract. And whether they are formally allowed to or not, they're allowed to because they don't actually get penalized for doing it. So in that sense, no, 
it shouldn't matter because, again, everybody knows what's going on. The flip side that I would say, yes, it should matter, is in the sense that if you're going to be manipulating the CBA so small markets can theoretically gain advantages and be able to keep their guys, and if the NBA is going to rescind deals where Paul George goes to the Lakers because of basketball reasons, hashtag never forget, you're going to bother trying to keep these markets in the game and in the league in the first place, then there's a vested interest in keeping the field as level as possible. I'm not even trying to take up for these small market teams. I think, like, for example, David Stern's quest to keep the NBA in New Orleans was stupid and I think often very counterproductive to the league as a whole. But if you're going to be doing this stuff, if you're going to be setting up the CBA certain ways for small market teams – then the tampering does matter because we're putting ourselves it's, through all this efforting for nothing. Right. It's just one of these things where a certain amount of it is is unavoidable. A certain amount of it is understandable. I'll, I'll use the Iggy example again. Like the the, I'm sure that Iggy might have known that every you know maybe Nick was straying here and there or whatever it might be. And there are people who have that like in their relationship where the number one rule is don't make me look stupid. Don't make me look bad by doing this. The league understands that it can't police every communication between, you know, an executive and an agent and you know, some of all, like you say, the back channel stuff and the 11 billion different ways that, that guys can communicate with each other and teams can get a message out. Don't make me look stupid. Don't make it blatant to where it's very obvious that you are messing with a player under contract with another organization. If you if that happened in any walk of life, and that, you know people have agreements where you know you sign contracts where you leave, you know Boeing, you can't just walk into you know what McDonald Douglas. Do they still exist? Are they still know. a thing? But you know you leave Boeing, you can't go to Airbus. high school with their daughter, right? They're rich. They were quite <laughs> very, rich. very rich. nice, though. Very, very, nice, very nice. Very rich. Stupid rich. Stupid rich. <laughs> Stupid rich. Yeah, you, know, you can't. Ju- a lot of times, you can't just leave Boeing and go work for Airbus or whatever. You know, there are non-compete clause. These, you know, Paul George is everything to the Indiana franchise. To have another team come mess with your guy while you're paying him, you just can't have it, and so. If they did something blatant here, you have it should matter. I mean, the the little stuff, the ticky tack stuff on the side, the implications, the even the winking on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, but real blatant stuff. You there, you, there has to be a line somewhere. But you know what? The, the, the that the, is drawn the, that you just can't cross. The wink, wink thing on Jimmy Kimmel, whether whether it actually speaks to. What's gone on behind the scenes, like tampering that actually crosses what's been considered the acceptable line in the NBA, it does reflect an arrogance on Magic's part. Oh, completely! It, it's a total it arrogance. It's he was, it, be, he was being you know, he was being Magic. Right? He wasn't being the president of exactly, the Lakers. Exactly. There, there's an arrogance to it, and arrogance can lead to sloppiness and mistakes, and it can also lead to resentment. You know, around the league, or in particular, this case, the Indiana Pacers. But I was thinking, like, regardless of what comes from, you know, whatever Mueller and the gang discover, (laughs) moving forward, it probably wouldn't kill Magic and Palenka 
to chill on the 24-7, two max free agents in 2018 talk. Like, at this point, we get it. The other 29 teams get it. Mm -hmm. Every player in the league gets it. You don't want to be obnoxious about it or, like, reek of... what they say got the Chris Paul thing overturned. Reek of exceptionalism, particularly, too, when you're a front office that hasn't done anything yet. Like it, this, and, and also too, you leave yourself open to these type of interpretations that this is what you're doing. You know that, like when you're on the phone with Aaron Mintz, you know, theoretically or ostensibly about Julius Randle. You know, maybe talking the extension that you know in reality, the Angela Russell trade, whatever, right? Or that right. you know when you're talking with Rich Paul about KCP. I mean, everybody knows that KCP offers you. You know the through line to right, and when and when when they vague show, LeBron when, talk when when Palinka introduces KCP at the press conference, and they both spend time and they thank Rich Paul profusely, and they talk about KCP as if he was an actual pope. Yeah, like with that kind. No, like, he was literally described as the bread the Israelites he, he, got manna from heaven. Right, that life sustaining bread. That bread was really important, it man. Saved the Israelites as they yes. walked. God saved. He's a good. He's a decent two guard. He's <laughs> gonna help them good. defensively. He ain't mana from no. heaven for God's sakes. They went from signing KCP means they went from winning thirty games to thirty two games. That's not mana from heaven. No. LeBron, yes. LeBron, that's mana. You know, that's Monifa but in heaven. Either way, it, it would I, I think it would actually be a good idea Here's for Palinka and Magic to chill on this stuff. We're next off season, eleven mid level exception <laughs> players. The Lakers are gonna clear the decks for as many mid level exception players as we can get. I'm not sure if that's legal or in the rules. We're gonna sign eleven seven million dollar players and do it that way, and then you throw everybody off your trail. Uh big trade this week, Andy, that could impact the Lakers. Kyrie Irving headed to Boston. Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and that Nets pick headed to Dante Zizic. Who, by the way, people who know overseas. I have him in my keeper league. People who know overseas players, and you and I don't, but we we read about this stuff. They say Zizic can play. He looked terrible in summer league, I will say. Terrible. Um, But so did Zubats, and we're all convinced he can play. (laughs) Not so much anymore. (laughs) We're not all Mike Trudeau. Um so this is a this is obviously one of these earth shattering you know this is a big deal. The, well, I mean these type the of trades, BFD. these type of trades. Forget the stars involved, the teams involved. Yes, I, I mean this doesn't happen. No, the two teams that met in the Eastern Conference Finals traded their star players, and by the way, meet on opening night. This does this not happen, cool. man. Um, I don't like the winners and losers construct, hot takey construct that we always look at these. But things let's through. do it. <laughs> who won, Andy, and who lost the trade? I, every, everybody got, I think, what they needed out of this deal. Cleveland, I think, I like Cleveland's side of it better so do I. from what's on paper. Um, but we'll get to Boston here in a second. Cleveland, I think, did did a great job, assuming Thomas is healthy, of hedging for the departure of LeBron while making it more possible to keep LeBron. Yeah. You know, so I... I, I they're probably better, I think, with uh, Isaiah and Jake Crowder. I agree. Than with just I agree. Particularly, Kyrie. particularly. Neither it, one, it should be remembered. Let's remind people. Neither one of us believe Kyrie really, truly belongs in that no. upper echelon of amazing, amazing score. Very one dimensional score. Yes, and does I mean really does not unless he's just in the mode 
doesn't right. really bring much else. So to some the of the, a lot of the a lot of the reaction to this trade is Andy is just and a, by the way, really a referendum on what you think of Kyrie. And by the way, too, you know who else happens to be an amazing scorer? Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Thomas, right? You know, he's the best he's, fourth. He was the best fourth quarter scorer in the league yes. last. Year. He is, to be fair. And actually, one of the people in the league, and there aren't many, who was worse at defense yes, than Kyrie. Yes, he is. Um, and some of that's just because he's three and a half feet tall, and like it's just only Kyrie's a much bigger guy. But you know, they do get Crowder, who makes up for some of that, and you know, an interesting big man in Zizic, and that pick, which could be foundational. And LeBron can look at it and say, "We went to the finals. It can stay. He's healthy. We can bring him on. We get this young guy. We got." So it works really well for them on that level in terms of maybe making it more possible LeBron could stay. And for that, it's a it's a winner, especially when you consider if he goes, they set themselves up pretty well. You let Thomas walk. You, or, I mean, or you know, maybe, heard, I, would, I was going to say, I've I would heard not, some. I, I would not re-sign Isaiah Thomas into his 30s to a max deal. I, I probably wouldn't either, but I... I, I, I flat wouldn't. I, I, I love Isaiah Thomas. I, I do great. too, but I, I doubt I'd do it either. But, I mean, the, the possibility is there that if, you, if, say, you want a name guy who will be an absolute crowd favorite, sure, you know, an all-star caliber crowd favorite, you you know, last year was an all-MVP you know, all caliber player... You know, you have him there, and you bring out the Brinks truck that Isaiah Thomas has clearly right. And, he, said and he's by the expecting. way, he might not get it. No, just because you ask for it doesn't mean you're going to get it because there are so few teams that have cap space, and most of them, I think, think like I would, which is that's not a max deal I want to get. But even even if you don't give him, I don't know what max for him would be. If you gave him. 85% of the max or 80% of the max, that's still going to be a bleep ton of money. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this just has to do with, you know, what type of market there's, right. there, you know, the opportunities you could have. It's interesting to, I don't know, I mean, it remains to be seen what, if anything, this deal does with keeping LeBron in Cleveland. I mean, there's some people who think he's gone no matter what. But at the very least, he saw their new GM, Kobe Altman, pull off a hell of a yes. deal from a position of disadvantage. So that, at the very least, has to make LeBron say, okay, I'll think about it more. Or I'll, at the very least, I will be open to watching what's happening. What I will be yeah. open to watching what's happening, even if I'm going to end up leaving. This also, too, I imagine is going to – one of the reasons that I thought Cleveland had – there was a good chance Cleveland actually wasn't going to get to the finals this year is because there seemed to be like a lot of tension – that would be hanging over this locker room, not just because of LeBron's potential exit, but because of this feud going well, on. Apparently, between... there are reports they did not speak; they weren't speaking right. to each other during the playoffs. You I, can't have that. Isaiah Thomas, to my understanding, is known for being good. In well, the I mean, there are there are reports now coming out that you know, and then I, I saw on Twitter like right. Linux and and Sullinger right, that people that Thomas wasn't well liked in his life. But you know what? Even if he wasn't. Whenever these guys change locker, there's right. always a year where they get along. Sure, exactly. I mean, I've I guess you're right. I guess I've heard both before. Yeah, I mean, in Sacramento supposedly right. he was difficult, but then again he was course, having difficulty with he was trying. He was and he was also trying to play. Right. He was very. It's different now because back then the troubles supposedly they caused is I think he understood that he was better than people that were playing in front right. of him. It's also I mean look I neither one of us know Isaiah Thomas. But he, it's hard for me to imagine a guy that can suit up the day after his sister dies and play the way he did, 
being just an atrocious locker room guy. Yeah, and I could I'll, be completely could be wrong. wrong. And I just I think we have a natural bias too that little people sure are just you know we're we're, we're among them. Right, we're easy <laughs> to get along with. Yeah, but I mean, either way though, I I would figure this helps a chemistry issue in Cleveland's locker room. I mean, it doesn't solve everything. It, it does. Well, look, I don't know if it helps the chemistry issue or hurts the chemistry. It's not going to hurt it because if your two stars weren't talking to each other, it doesn't really get much worse than that. Right. So um, I, I think, though, from the LeBron perspective, it might require Magic to go back on Kimmel this, because <laughs> this does enough good stuff for, for Cleveland that they might have to take the chance and go ahead and openly recruit LeBron on Kimmel uh, soon. From Boston's perspective, Magic though, did send him a happy birthday tweet. I, it's true. I, they have four. Or the reverse. Was it the reverse? Did LeBron send it to Magic or Magic send it to LeBron? I don't remember. They're both tampering. To quote my five-year-old, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, – I, I Boston has four guys left on the team from last year. Like, they went to the West, the Eastern Conference Finals. They have four players left on that team. It's like – and it, only one of them – one or two, I guess, depending on how you think of smart. It's like Rose, uh, it's smart, Horford, uh, Terry Rozier, who's now a much more important player, and uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, those are the, those, that's it. Everybody else is gone, and they used to have this identity as like a defensive bulldog that couldn't score. Now everybody has that basically reverse. They're going to score a ton of points with Hayward and uh, Kyrie. And Tatum lit it up in the summer league. Clearly, he good. Very, Jalen Brown looked good. He did. He looked like he, you're supposed to look in your second year, which is better yeah. than everybody. Um, they got guys who can put up points, and now people wonder if they can defend. But I like this for them too because now it gets them out of the question of do you, what do you have to re-sign Isaiah after next year, and you get two years with Kyrie at less money than Isaiah would have cost you next year. Um, I don't love Kyrie as a player, but a lot of people do. And he certainly is the type of number one scorer, given the ball in the fourth quarter, can isolate, create shots, whatever, and all that kind of stuff, who fits, I think, really neatly next to somebody like Gordon Hayward. Yeah, it'll be interesting, actually. I, I heard Levitard talking about this when uh, he and the guys were breaking down the trade. And he mentioned something really interesting, like Kyrie's you know reputation. We've seen it. You know, He's an amazing scorer. He's, he is... As Among guy, the best finishers at the right, basket, I have seen. the best handle in the league. Yeah, he, some people say he is an unbelievable scorer, but we've never seen how efficient and effective a scorer he can be at this level without LeBron. And whenever you are on the court with LeBron, I mean, even take into account playing with Gordon Hayward, playing with, with Al, Al Horford, Horford, that's that's a good supporting cast. It ain't it's not LeBron. LeBron. No, it's and it's going to be and, interesting. Well, no, you've seen kind of what he was. When right, LeBron but, didn't but, play. The but, team was. But bad. let's say, but right, but let's say you know those teams. Those teams were garbage, and Kyrie was really early in his career. No, I mean, so you the, last year when Kyrie played without yes. LeBron, oh, yeah, you're right. The numbers Actually, were yes. bad. Yes, I'm not going back to Byron. No, no, Scott. you're you're I'm, correct. You're correct. My, my last mistake. couple seasons. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. How good Kyrie actually is. Well, I I think the thing that plays into Boston's favor, and we'll move, move off this in a second. I do think the thing that one thing that plays in Boston's favor, he's going to be kind of I think hyper aware of the criticism against him as a player and the noise he made to get out of Cleveland about wanting to be the man and wanting to be, and that means doing all the stuff. I don't know. The flip side of that argument is. Russell Westbrook heard basically all the same things 
and turned into a one man machine on a on a team without the same kind of right, support. But, but, and while doing that, averaged I, double digits. No, I, I get that. But the the point being, though, it could have gone the opposite direction with Russ too. It, it could have gone in a different it direction. Could have. What this year is a this year I think is a better test of that than last sure. year because he's got better players. Around. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I I tend to if, think if you're Russ right. Is, if Russ's usage rate is is seventy two again this year, we'll know. It's it, he's he's well. I mean, look with Kyrie. I t- I tend to think you're right about the way he's going to play. But if you ask me if I think it's out of the question that he wants to show exactly what was being held back by LeBron, no, I don't. I agree. No, I agree with that. He's going to score. He's going to go out and score a bunch of points. I just mean he's. I think he'll try a little bit more on defense. I think he'll move the ball a little bit more, and all that kind of stuff. And then it becomes this is this is one of those situations too where you look at Brad Stevens and you say, okay. We've heard a lot about you as a great coach, and I think creative he's, coach, you know, a creative coach, and I, I think he's certainly shown himself to be one yeah. of the better, certainly the better young coaches in the I league. I would agree. Totally different challenge now with Horford as a as a potential big man who can be a pivot, you know, at the, at the high post, and you have Hayward with, you know, master not necessarily of of anything, but good at everything, mm-hmm. um, really good to to very good at everything, and then Kyrie with all the stuff that comes along with him. So uh, I, I just think it's a good trade for both teams. And, and in the meantime, this we, worked out as well for Cleveland as you could possibly expect. And for Boston, who at some point had to go all in on. And we on get someone. to see the first crack at it. First opening night. Se- first game of the season. It's awesome when you get to see feud potential on opening night, because it's really clear LeBron and Kyrie do not like each other at all. Seem that way. Um, all right. We have not done this in a little while, Andy. Let's give a statue. Yes. Um, in, in honor of tampering week, we have decided to give um, a statue to the guy we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, who was the center of the last tamp- giant tampering scandal, Joe Smith, yes. who briefly did play for the Lakers. And I do mean briefly. He arrived as part of a three-team trade um, that sent uh, Sasha, our boy, to New, New Jersey. Jersey. It was then New Jersey. Uh, the Lakers ended up getting a couple second round. Reuniting uh, Sasha and Jordan Farmer, who couldn't stand each other. so good. Uh, the, the two second round picks uh, turned into Darius Morris and Robert Sacre. Um, Joe Smith played in 12 games for the Lakers. He did not start any of them. He averaged one half point per game. He scored six <laughs> points as a Laker, two field goals, two free throws. Uh, of the 12 games he played, in only one was the final score inside eight points. Uh, it was 40 seconds in a game against Portland. Uh, his best game was probably, Andy, a four-rebound game in six minutes. Uh, in a 55-point win against Cleveland, he was plus five. Speaking, by the way, Brian, of those rebounds, uh, if you do a deep dive into Joe Smith's <laughs> numbers. Um, as his, a Laker? Or yeah, no, as a, as as a, Laker. a Laker. Per 36, he averaged nearly 15 rebounds per game. And you and I have talked many times, Brian, before about how Phil Jackson Phil his last played. year with Phil the Lakers, you know, Phil seemed like somebody who regretted his decision to come back. He had to be cajoled into going for that three-peat. He didn't always seem fully engaged. We learned later he there was a cancer scare, and that right. understandably may have you know played a role in him seeming sort of distant from the team. But I'm sorry, how do you keep a rebounding machine like Phil, that on the bench? Phil was not big on analytics, Andy. I mean, I, we all I, know these. I things. guess not. But Joe Smith was, I think, criminally underused. Well, I think he's the reason they didn't. They didn't beat. win. Yeah. He's the reason they got bounced against Dallas. I was at that game in Dallas. Those those last two games in Dallas, and the, the games game three is memorable. I spent more time watching Phil in that game than I did watching the the, the court because 
you could tell Phil knew this was it. Like if they didn't win this game, it was you know, obviously it was over and he was done. I had never seen him coach that hard. Yeah, he was coaching. So he punched his, Powell in the he, chest. Like, he was coaching his ass off to try to win. But the good game. thing is it got through to Bynum. Yeah, it did totally worked. <laughs> um, so all right, so we 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 do need to give Joe Smith a yes. statue. Um, as people know, we everybody you know we've decided everybody in the Lakers deserves a statue. Just a question of where it goes and the size and of it. the size. We can we can decide the relative importance the, of a player the, based on that. Right, the proximity to Staples Center yes. and the size of the statue uh, speaks to the greatness. Kobe, for example, gets a statue at Center Court. Yes, you play around it. Yes, <laughs> that's that's ground rules. Which also it's is, like the hill in center field at uh, Houston, and it's a metaphor for Kobe's career. <laughs> yes, it is <laughs> with with the Lakers. You just work around it. Um. And- <laughs> And Joe uh, Joe Smith, we should mention, a very famous, really nice guy. He was a great guy Wonderful in the locker guy. room. Uh, well known for his yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was his response for everything. Uh, yes, he used sir. to love the hashtag yes, sir. Yes, he did. Um, I thought about Brian in playing up the retirement angle because this was Joe Smith's final team. This yes, was his last this stop is in this the is league. His swan song. <laughs> yes, <laughs> what he did with the Lakers it didn't turn out to be a big recruiting mechanism. It was not a great. Free Interestingly agent enough, tape. he averaged half a point a game for the four games he played in New Jersey too. <laughs> <laughs> that is consistency. He's a human metronome. Yep. Um, I thought about playing up the retirement angle and putting the statue outside the King Solomon Home for the Elderly, which is a retirement home in the Fairfax District uh, in L.A. that we always threaten to send mom That's to. That's right. <laughs> but then I, I decided... be nice to us. I decided Joe Smith is too young for that. Man, by the way, you don't want to go to the King Solomon sure. Home for the Elderly. I don't think he's Jewish enough either. <laughs> that place... <laughs> it looks run down. Yes, it does. It looks like it was actually uh, erected... During the life of King Solomon, <laughs> yes, <it does. laughs> like King Solomon was there to christen the the building. By the um, way, it has not been has not been renovated since. If King Sol, if the King Solomon Home ever wants to sponsor this podcast, we, we will, will talk about how yeah. wonderful the place is. Absolutely, that that's where you want to spend your final moments. Yes. Um, but then I thought about Joe Smith is really into rapping. He performs under the name Joe Beast. He's put out an album. He's got a label Joe called ninety five. A uh, label called uh, Nova Unit Records. Um, once in 2014, he freestyled a diss rap to Donald Sterling. Uh, the general consensus is it wasn't very good. Uh, so I decided... But in fairness, freestyling is hard. Uh, well, not, not if you're a professional rapper. It really shouldn't be. But it's hard. It is hard. Well, yes. <laughs> for you and me, it's very hard. Very hard. For, for people me. like Joe Smith or Trudell, it shouldn't be that difficult. Right. Um, so I decided uh, to locate the statue um, at a club in Lincoln Heights outside uh, downtown L.A. called the Airliner. Um, it's off Broadway. In 2011, you don't have to tell me where it is. <laughs> yeah, I certainly do. In 2011, uh, I think I sold that. Joe Smith's <laughs> Joe Smith's uh, final season with the Lakers. Brian uh, L.A. Weekly declared. Uh, the low end theory, which was one of the uh, one of the nights at the airliner, the best club in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, was a place. <laughs> it was a place known for underground hip hop or undiscovered stuff. So I'm gonna with go. Cause. With, I'm gonna go <laughs> with uh, the airliner downtown. But instead of a statue, it's just a plaque above one of the speakers that says hashtag Yes Sir. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's it. And he only, you, I mean, he was only there for twelve well, games. Well, this is the thing: you either get it or, or you, you don't, don't right. which is basically Joe Smith's career <laughs> as a Laker. 
half a point a game. So um, what do you got? Right, I have Joe Smith, I think, made his biggest impact with the media. We all thought he was great. He was. He was really hell of a nice, nice guy. Very nice guy. And I remember there were two or three times when Joe sort of wander, find his way, and not just his exit interview, which was a fantastic experience. <laughs> what they ask you to work on this offseason and all that. <laughs> My freestyling. Standard Mark Medina opening question. Uh, so – you know, he was he spent his in there a fair amount, and he was very charming, and we all loved him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a statue of Joe Smith in the old facility, wherever like they may tear the building down. I don't know what they're doing over there, but wherever it is, you take a little Joe Smith and, and, and about half the size of the real guy, you just have him in a chair, casually talking, and so whatever they build at the the old Toyota Sports Complex. There will be a statue of Joe Smith there to commemorate the largest impact that he had with the Lakers, which was talking to us. Yeah. Do you, do you label who he is, or do you just let people I figure think it just, out? You either you know it's similar to yours. <laughs> either know or you don't. By the way, uh, final note on Joe Smith: he earned sixty-one million dollars over his career, and I mean, I'm sure he's not complaining. It's a lot of money, and he's considered, no offense, kind of an underwhelming number one overall pick. So you know, it's a, that's a nice chunk of change for his career. But to put I'm this in, an underwhelming host at this, yeah. <laughs> I haven't made that. To put this in perspective, Tim Hardaway Jr., Timofey Mozgov, and Alan Crabb all out earned Joe Smith's entire career on their last deals. That's amazing. That is amazing. It's good. It's nice. Like it, Jordan Clarkson came close to that, and he was going right. into his third season it in is, the league. As they say, nice work of you. Yes. Um, Timing is everything, bef- man. Seriously, before we go, just want to acknowledge the um, fantastic series of Kobe tweets that have been coming out over the last day or so. All hashtag Mamba mentality, where he's been issuing different challenges to people, like Allison Felix to you know something with like organizing a track team, and Kendrick Lamar to reshape some high school band program, and Isaiah Thomas to make the first team All NBA this year, which is not going to happen. Um, and doing all this with this hashtag mama mentality, which is very obviously part of some sort of Nike marketing thing or whatever. And it's something's afoot. <laughs> That's what you're and saying. I am. And it's re- it's, it's perfect for Kobe because it's, it, he has evolved into this sort of shaman on a mountaintop who just sort of sends down these messages and directives to people to work and do things with, or or to be visited. You know at what the he top is. Of the He's like Zeus. If Zeus wanted to go viral, right? But everything is is very very specifically branded too. Like he's combined commercialism and like quasi Eastern philosophy in a really fantastic way that I think think suits him. Again, we've said before. Ev- I don't know who brought it to who. But every time Palinka speaks, he sounds like a Kobe system commercial. He does. And, you know, these are not unrelated events. By the way, too, uh, happy 39th birthday yes. to Kobe. Uh, I turned 39 yesterday. It was very, really weird before we go. When Kobe was in the league, and especially like his last season, when you realize, like, he's been in the league 20 years. And, you know, I've been in L.A. for the entirety of Kobe's career. You know, I've probably seen somewhere between 80 to 90% of his games, maybe more. So, like, Kobe's last year in the league, like, it started feeling like, my God, I'm old. Like, this guy, I remember when this guy was 17. Right. I feel old. 
But now that Kobe doesn't play anymore, and he's just like a you know <laughs> civilian, a, like a thirty-nine year old, yeah, like Kobe now being thirty-nine in a weird way doesn't make me feel old at all. It actually kind of makes me feel younger. And then you saw that like, picture of him like in the beer. He's a couple pounds overweight. Yeah, no, no I'm a guy. Kobe now turning thirty-nine actually makes me feel pretty good about myself. That's excellent. Uh, well, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so this is the, the Lakers news, and we will be back. Theoretically, next week when they might have some more news, but we'll see. We um, might find out about the tampering. Yeah, we, I, it could take a little while, but um, in the meantime, they'll stay off the the talk shows and all that for a little while. Probably be smart. And um, we will see everybody next time. Thanks.